Welcome back to the Hex Drinkers House of Commons, your one-stop shop for all things competitive and at the common rarity, at least for the next 30 or so minutes. Chev, I take it you've heard the news, <laughs> the sad news that the Hex Drinkers are going on hiatus. Yeah, you know, um, here on the West Coast, the news took a little longer to get here, uh, but you know, when I opened up the paper in the morning and saw that the the best EDH and, and CPDH content producers on the, the face of the earth were, were taking a break, it, it hit me right in the feels. Yeah, it hurts for sure, but um, we at the House of Commons feel it's only right that we put out one more solid episode just to do uh, just to do the community right. Uh, and ourselves right of course you know we can't just we can't just vanish without a trace like the avatar that would just be disrespectful <laughs> listen we 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 said our goodbyes on on episode 89 of the regular cast that was heartfelt that was really emotional but house of commons has always been our our professional podcast so said goodbye last time with a beer i'm saying goodbye this time with an old-fashioned uh, yeah i'm saying goodbye both times with a glass of water because uh <laughs> it's a weeknight i don't know what, what do you want me to say <laughs> That's never stopped you before. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But New Year, New Me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut back a little bit. At least during the week. On the weekends, fuck it. Yeah. Anyway, expect our arena skin to drop soon. Um, we'll get Hexy on there or something. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of things that we normally talk about on the House of Commons, mm -hmm. uh, it's been a minute since we've did, done a, a format update, a, a database update. And uh, I guess that's to our benefit because there are some big changes happening. We wouldn't have wanted to jump the gun on. Chev, what's what's going on in, in database land? Yeah, so so like the Hex Drinkers, um, the previous iteration of the database is going the way of the Dodo. Um, previously hosted on BudgetBrews.club, the, the highest, the, the top tier PDH decks that we generally would refer to as CPDH um, had a massive list of decks that were submitted by brewers after playing in the tryhards meta or the washington meta or new york or boston and based on a certain set of criteria we would approve them and put them into this big list those criteria could were a little bit more um quantity over quality i think and clay and and others from the the original database committee have taken a a bold step to change the way that we evaluate cpdh decks um, and will now focus on win rates of individual commanders, individual decks, as opposed to does the deck look like it would be competitive, which was kind of the previous metric. So now over on cpdh.guide, the home to all things uh, competitive and at the proper <laughs> rarity, you can find the, the compendium, which is this new approach uh, for decks that have a win record of 25% or better. 25% would be, you know, you win one out of every four games, which would be pretty, like, consistent in a four-player pod. So if you're above that, that means your deck is probably um, competitive in some way. So we've got a few standouts already, and then the old list of decks, if you'd like those as a jumping-off point for your own brews, are still available at cpdhguide.library. Currently, there's not a link available on the, the top board, but I'm sure it's, it's coming soon. So, yeah, big change. Yeah. We're, we're going for metrics. And, you know, data-driven um, decisions as opposed to letting any person and their own ego decide what goes on this list. And we think that's a very important step for a competitive format. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, the last admissions committee or however you want to you wanna, uh, call it was made up of a bunch of people who knew a lot about the format and they knew what was going on. And but then yeah, me. It definitely felt like, and, and, and Chev as well, <laughs> he was just there kind of as to fill their um, minority quotas. 
Yeah, it definitely felt like if you put in the effort and just like put in the critical amount of time just mm-hmm. to like check all the boxes, you would probably get there. But yeah. um, now we're we're going the way of big data. I think another thing that should be said is that you need a win rate of twenty five percent or better, but you also have to have at least fifteen uh, games yes. played, yeah. fifteen games on record. You, you so. can't just get in there with a win rate of one hundred percent, one game played. <laughs> yeah, I guess theoretically this is a. I don't know how many status statisticians we have listening to the pod but i guess this is a kind of a crude approximation of the law of large numbers so um so yeah definitely uh encourages people to one obviously get these things out into the world and test them which then leads to obviously even more tinkering and more creation of what is optimal but also just yeah, having them out in the world and having other people see them is a great way to get more yeah. people to want to try your deck and theoretically, ideally, people are able to kind of crisscross in between metas yes. and see how it plays against different players and and all sorts of different decks. Yeah, and it, it really opens up, you know, how decks get submitted as well, right? The, the tryhards have been great in collecting all this data over all their games played. But with this switch to really seeing CPDH Guide as the home of competitive pauper... Um, it, it's opened itself up to other communities as well. Um, I was talking to Clay recently, and he said there's three or four growing in-person metas at this point, and the hope is that they would contribute in the same way. Something that we we're kind of seeing towards the end of the current iteration of the database is we have a few all-star brewers just putting in deck after deck after deck, and that's amazing. You know, we're, we're more than happy to see all the different expressions of competitive pauper um, that can kind of, you know, fit in there, but... There was a question at times of, you know, are all of these decks that you're brewing and now responsible for getting the same amount of love? Are they all on the same level of, you know, competitive competitive viability? Or are they just slightly different tweaks on an underlying formula with another commander? So this way, you know, we, we'll, we'll still see the same brewers, I'm sure, because they're kind of the, the, the best of the best at this point. Um, but it, it, it limits really what can be given that top honor. And I think that's that's incredibly important. Yeah, speaking of all those metagame, uh, you know, metagame considerations, Clay is further taking big data. We, he has a whole section on the website that's mm-hmm. just like all sorts of stats in terms of um, archetype win percentage, uh, the amount of turns that you're playing in your average game, and then a huge, large list of like, act, you know, big old breakdowns of win rate percentages and stuff for all of the decks, not just the ones that are yeah. featured on that compendium. So just um obviously once again as the format grows as more people continue to brew and as these decks get more games played we're just going to have a true wealth of data uh involving what's going on you know relative to a lot of these uh other big data booms that we've been seeing in 60 card and more competitive versions of uh i'm also seeing a certain uh benthic druid uh out there julian and the the top 10 decks you notice uh tatiova is is Pulling numbers like expected. Listen, listen, what do you want me to say? That's my girl. She out here, she's out here doing what she does. Oh. She was one of the OGs. She was one of the OGs. And she's not going to be losing her spot anytime soon, I tell you. No, that. no. When they have to reprint her and they make a mythic, <laughs> you know that they've made a busted uncommon. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Gresham Titchwell is on the uh, list now, though, so it'll be interesting to see mm. when that... Uh, Who did we promise an all-Simic pod to? I feel like we, we mentioned that somewhere. I believe it was uh, Puzzle Box. Oh, that would make sense. That Yeah, that would make sense. Um, <laughs> Gretchen's almost there. So Gretchen has 20 games with a 20% win rate, mm-hmm. which is not bad. I think jamming out a few more games, we could probably get that up to 25% pretty, yeah. pretty cleanly. 
I wonder if the uh, um, the tournament games are, are any part of that. The the original thing that, that like Gretchen was on the map, but Puzzlebox really solidified her place with that win in the uh, CEDH budget tournament. Trevor, there any uh, are there any new lists in here that we should be discussing that have gotten in since we last talked on about this? I think in early December or late late. Uh, I don't think so. One of the unfortunate things of the well, you know, you, there's always going to be a transition period, and there were currently some decks in flight. Um, some that I was really excited about uh, when we made this shift for what is considered the database versus like what might be considered the library of decks. So I'm not sure we fully know what those decks that were in flux, uh, whether they'll go to this this idea of a library or whether they'll be treated in some different way. But I believe that we covered the last set of decks that were officially added to the to the database. Ah, gotcha. I've never really looked at the the win rate data for a lot of these decks i know the the data exists and i was really interested uh when they started keeping track of you know the average turns in a cpdh game and how that's been going down pretty consistently since this data started being tracked um, and archetype representation but seeing the individual decks it's not surprising that of the top i think uh clay listed the top eight or i guess it's only eight that have made it over that 25 percent five of them are um either partner or background we got Gut, True Soul, Zealot, and Inspiring Leader. I think that's a, a relatively new one to the scene. Malcolm's been around forever. Kedis and Dargo are the OGs. Everything else on here is, is pretty consistent, but I think Gut really been sailing through the uh, the meta. Yeah, that thing is uh, absolutely crushing something that wasn't really even on my radar. Not even a little bit. I think if we go to the, the old CPDH, yeah, it's the final one in the database. Get them, lead them. Gut them, lead them. That makes more sense. By Gatorbait, one of our <laughs> prolific oh, brewers. That's a, that's. I was gonna say that's a name we know. But yeah, I I don't remember even caring about Gut when it was. Um, for for those at home, uh, Gut is a three mana two two. Whenever you attack, you may sacrifice another creature or an artifact. If you do, create a four one black skeleton creature token with menace that's tapped and attacking. And then the inspiring leader gives creature tokens you control plus two plus two. So essentially, you sack something and you end up with a six three with menace. Um, every attack which yeah that'll that'll uh do a ding to a life total yeah and we've got a bunch of looking, etbs etc uh, etc et aggressively aggressive um a lot of things that when sacrificed give you another token so you just mm-hmm. can keep sacrificing all sorts of things all sorts of things like chromatic stars and icker wellsprings that when they're put into the graveyard draw you a card and keep yeah giving you a 14 pieces advantage. of protection i I gotta say, this is yeah. Boros's time to shine, and I'm 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 excited for it. Unless it becomes too warping, um, something that that's actually interesting, and and this is just sheer speculation. Uh, but of course, Clay is a member of the the PDHRC. I wonder if this is the kind of thing that can influence um, band discussions. Like we see something similar with uh, how Flesh and Blood worked when we did that kind of crossover, where if a deck wins enough tournaments, the hero, uh, kind of your commander, um, gets living legend i think is the 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 verbiage but essentially it's it's retired because it wins too much so that mm. would be interesting to see if this will end up impacting um the larger format as a whole the, the cpdh might still be a little niche uh to be that big of a problem um but now that we have the data you can be like listen you know this card is clearly a problem or is in a decks that win 90 percent of the time etc cetera, etc cetera. it opens up a lot of interesting data-driven um analyses yeah i like that i mean obviously we have talked about banless sort of stuff over the course of the hex drinkers but we've never really talked about it 
in this capacity, we have very few cards that are banned mm -hmm. in, in PDH and CPDH. Um, but it is interesting to think like now that we are enough people looking at the format and testing the format and kind of really you know, breaking the form. No, nothing's yeah. been broken yet, I would say, but it would be interesting to kind of see how this is going to get addressed. If people think that there's things that need to be addressed, if we're going to do strictly from a data driven, um, and then like, you know, how often are we going to be cutting things out of the meta? I would say probably not that much, but yeah. it could be interesting. Um, and I always have been a fan of, we've seen this in, in other card games, uh, more than magic, but sometimes it can be fun to kind of cut things off of the kneecap just to freshen things up a little bit. See what happens. Yeah. Pull out some trees in a forest and see like what grows in the undergrowth. So that'll be something that I'm definitely looking for. Cause as far as I, I know, I haven't seen any discussion about it in, in the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm also very interested in these, um, the up and coming decks, right? Like you need 15 games to be considered for the compendium. So all the decks that are under 15 wins but close to or above that win percentage seem pretty spooky. It'll be interesting to see how quickly also these things accumulate, mm -hmm. you know, numbers. Um, obviously, we have a bunch of data here, but I don't know over what course of time this is collected. Right, and yeah, like, is it forever or do we reset? Yeah, are you one-tricking a deck, you know, because I know a lot of people who are super prolific, they will play, you know, if they play twice a week, they'll play four different decks, you mm -hmm. know, over the course of four different games or whatever. Some people are just going for one. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out and yeah. um, I have a feeling that maybe you and I will be adding to some of these another uh, some of these numbers. I think that's the best thing um, about some of this is you can quote unquote game the system by playing a deck more, but it's almost uh, a risk, right? Like you take a deck that has a high win percentage. You could technically, and I'm not saying anyone should do this. This is the negative side. You can take it and play poorly and <laughs> remove it from the list, depending how this data is collected. But I was thinking more of like, you know, it's a it's a gamble when you pick up your favorite commander. You know, do you think you have a chance of victory? And does you playing this deck, you know, alter its standings since these are kind of, you know, community driven decks? Uh, and the other one is if you have a very solid deck and you want to see it in there, the only way to kind of get it onto the database is to continue to grind the deck and play it as many ways as possible, which is so much better as a concept than um, can you make your primer pretty and can you have your cards tagged and can you have them in an individual way? Instead, you're like playing magic to get the results you want. And that is just going to be so much more fun and interesting, especially for the content creators that are staying in this space uh, to keep producing that content and keep putting up those wins. It's almost it's almost like we have a ladder now, kind of like, you know, on Arena, people yeah. are like grind to mythic, mythic rating and stuff. Uh, it's almost like we have that now, which is kind of interesting. I feel like this is something I should know exactly off the top of my head, but I almost feel like we should have like a, a league similar to the one that I participated in for PDC. I feel like we should have like a CPDH league. Ooh, that'd be cool. We'd do that. Maybe do a little write-up at the end. We still have the Hexdrinkers website. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to. That's something I'd love to participate in, and I definitely would help kind of organize and stuff. Mm. <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I could bring, um, you know, Dusk Mantle hasn't seen a lot of love since its original inception. I've seen it in a few streams, and that was super, super satisfying to me personally, but I'd love to take an updated version of that and, and run the gauntlet and see how it can end up. I need to, uh, where is, uh, where is Sailor's it? Sailor's Bane? Sailor's Bane is on, where is it? Uh, it's been getting, it's been getting some good numbers if, if, um, Papa wait a Popper's minute. Where is Twitter stats are to be. It's not on here. What the heck? I don't see it. Has it not been in, in like recorded games 
maybe i it's i believe this is this is alphabetical i'm not seeing sailor's bane on here papa popper what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing we gotta get I, it i here. thought i thought this was gonna be a group effort here and now i don't even see it on here thunder oh wait no it's all the way it's all the way at the oh yeah bottom. sailor's bane is at the very bottom five games 67 percent win <laughs> oh no it's a uh, it's three games two wins oh yeah three games, three games two wins, two wins. All right, so we've got we've got a bit of ways to go. We've got a bit of ways to go, but <laughs> my uh, boy Hamza it's, it's, out here, one game, one win, retiring. That's the way to do it. It is funny to see all the ones that are one one game, one win, one hundred percent. Especially a lot of these old ones, like you see, like Warden of the Eye. That was like one of the first ones we talked about. <laughs> Something um, I I really like here. Um, probably one of my my last points before we should move on. Thrall Parasite coming in with a sixty-seven percent two wins out of three games. Thrall Parasite came up, I think. I think it was uh, Brad from the PDH pod who just randomly threw it up on Twitter one day. Thrall Parasite is a 1-1 for 1 with Extort. Tap, pay 2 life, remove a counter from target online permanent. Essentially, it's a uh, mono black wither bloom where you can just extort every spell you play. You're not really that worried about the, the paying life and removing a counter. You're just doing all this life loss of all of your opponents and slinging you know, mono black removal and stuff. And that's really recent. So... It kind of seeing how that inception and then how it's already putting up numbers, I'm very excited to see how that one goes. Now that I'm giving this a, a, a longer look, at least in the stats section, mm-hmm. there are a ton of lists here that are not accounted for in the uh, compendium slash mm-hmm. library that don't actually, they don't have links to deck lists and primers and stuff. There's a ton of things in here that are not on that. So that are that's just people playing. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. they have a chance to kind of get out there uh, because it's all database, and we don't need them to go through CPD or uh, go through budget brews and pause it and request the committee to check. It's just the people playing Magic, and you're taking it down to that that kind of like the lowest level. But the great thing is that I think if you see something on here that you'd be interested in, if you're like, oh, I always wanted mm-hmm. Jasmine Boreal of the the name cut off i don't know what the full name name is but um uh you know if you want that one the community is small enough where i think you can probably reach out and someone will know where yeah. that list is and yep. you can get that list or tinker on that list and um, some some streams yeah. are very good about putting the de- the deck list in the notes um or i know possibility storm will show you the deck list in the beginning or at least they have for a few videos uh kind of like a you know a mogo or moto um kind of like breakdown of all the cards that are in there i am super optimistic and super excited for this new evolution uh, mm-hmm. in terms of tracking the community in the metagame. So very hyped for this to uh, to grow and continue to see success. Someone needs to take Passageway Seer to game 15. 14 games played, 57% win rate. Who's going to be the one who pops it up on the compendium? Wait, you could just lose a game and it would still have a high enough percentage? You only need over 25. This is I was thinking 50 for whatever reason. Mm. You only need over 25% win rate. Yeah, this Play is... Passageway Seer and lose and it's going to get you there. <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> similar. Uh, well, Real Sarael, um, I think you need to win that one, but that one's also sitting at 14. Yeah, that's at 29 right now. Scholar of the Ages is uh, at 17 games, was at 24%, so that needs to go up. Uh, Sidraxis Specter is at 12 games, and it's at a clean 25% win rate. Once again, you could spend hours just yeah. looking at this and, and kind of not only looking at all the lists that are present here, but also running the math and, and like you said, trying to game the mm. system. Maybe we shouldn't advocate gaming the system too much. Yeah, I know the system's new and we're, we're already such. trying to break it. Well, we're on our way out. We can do what we want. <laughs> That's true. Y'all can't y'all can't mess with the system, but us, mm-hmm. now we're going to come in and, and mess everything up. Sorry, Clay. Sorry <laughs> yeah. Don't hurt us. <laughs> 
Yeah. We'll go in and he'll be like, nah, sorry, you can't play in our pods. <laughs> yeah. You've been banned. First ever player <laughs> bans. Not card bans, just player bans. <laughs> we'll make a third tier list. I think that's enough DDB uh, information. Go to cpdh.guide for your one-stop shop for, for competitiveness and fun data lytics. There's also a new Discord. Uh, the idea being, you know, the tryhards have a very specific culture in their Discord. Um, cpdh.guide is trying to be more open and just a throwing around ideas of everyone who plays CPDH, not just the tryhards community, more than just budget brews. It's not supposed to be like a looking for game server. It's supposed to be really just like the the back end for cpdh.guide. So kind of like the hub, um, the United Nations of various groups uh, that play CPDH. So go check that out if you haven't already. I'll link all these things in the, in the show notes. And link stuff boy, we'll do well. link things. That was our main topic. Do we want to do we want to pat ourselves on the back any longer for? you know, what the House of Commons was, what we're saying goodbye to before we get to our, our final segment, or do we want to jump right there? I think we should just, similar to how we did with the hex because I think we should just wrap it up. We have been interested in PDH and CPDH for a while, and mm-hmm. as the community was starting to grow, we thought that we had something to say. There wasn't that much content out, and we wanted to be uh, another resource for yeah. people who were attempting to get into that format and who wanted to learn about that format. I will say in the time since we've started this, that even that sphere has grown exponentially, which we're super happy to see Yeah, uh, because now that, now that we're leaving it, someone has to uh, carry the torch as well. But uh, yeah, obviously there's a ton of super knowledgeable and super passionate people in the community. We are super thankful to have been involved with all of them. And obviously we will be around in the future playing games and, <laughs> and participating in, in streams and et cetera. Yeah. Um, we will be boosting the numbers as we said. So it's really been like riding the wave. We we did our first, I think it was episode 33, was playing hard with bad cards, um, which is when we really tried CPDH for the first time, back when the database was a Word doc that uh, Clay kept together. And since then, you know, yep. seeing the, the greater PDH ecosystem as a whole, we have the PDH pod now, we have um, the tryhards and <laughs> Ryan, the common connoisseur, streaming and every week and then we've got possibility storm jumping in we've got a few shout outs on larger publications um and then we we did our part with providing a, a podcast for this we had articles all over the site it's it's been incredible to see the growth of the format organically and just out of sheer love so we yeah. we know we're leaving the format in a good place from a content perspective and like julian said we're we're still around and we'll probably come to harass you on stream in the best possible way precisely all right, Chev. One little last thing to wrap it up. Let's do it. I don't actually know what the thing is. You just told me we have another. You just told me we have another thing. Right, right. So, I mean, here we are talking about magic and having played CPDH for something on like two years now because we're ancient in this in this um, meta. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. So I was wondering, Julian. You know, what what were some of your standout decks, or what were your most standout memories of CPDH that have kind of been around or or you played or you've seen in this in this time we were producing content you know i mean obviously i'm a sucker for cryptic serpent aka sailor's bane uh that was kind of my my baby my Mm -hmm. my introduction into the format um but uh you know sometimes you just can't teach an old dog new tricks i have to say some of my favorite lists in the format are the gretchen titchwell list (laughs) The uh, prob- probably the deck that I've played more than anything, at least until I start really jamming some of these uh, these Dargo? lists on the uh, DDB Dargo. But I was gonna say Lay and Lore Weavers. Yeah, is yep. the, my the original. Ish. 
It's funny to be yeah, like, yeah, the sure. original uh, meta of CPDH. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is for sure true. I'm I, I am a sucker for for Dargo. When I was playing Dargo, we were still. I sound like so freaking old. Like this was like a year ago. I know, but um, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, literally, this was like a year ago when I was playing Dargo. Uh, I was still doing the. Uh, the Malcolm in, in Dargo yep. version. I think that more balls to the wall versions have come out. We've seen uh, Dargo and Kettis. We've seen Dargo and Keskit, mm-hmm. who I always mix those two up, but finally I got it. Um, just more all in combo versions, yeah. um, I think, have shown to be the premier way to play that deck. But uh, but yeah, I am a sucker for Dargo in, in any iteration. I have played and I have seen on, on stream and on YouTube video many a, many a crazy moment with the Dargo. So definitely biased to that as well. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Well, Azra Oddsmaker um, is always going to be the number one deck that I did not create. Just the, the sheer card advantage, the doing something really interesting in black and red and you end up with like a madness style deck, or at least that's the way I like to play it. I know... Um, there's a different version of uh, Azra that is more just like raw card advantage and not worrying about it, but I do like that little bit of madness energy. I mean, I knew Azra was a powerful deck, and I've said that I've liked it as well, but uh, it's coming. It's the yeah. fourth highest winning deck. It's got a 32% win rate, um, well, at least according to the CPDH.guide. That was actually surprising to me. but Yeah, I, I hadn't seen it shown up anywhere in a while, but I guess that's the thing when, you know, you surf- statistics are great, but you need to surface them for them to actually be useful. Like, it could have been doing great for so long, and our previous view of just the DDB of a list of all these decks with no real ranking system, um, you know, you can't tell which decks are really kicking ass. And so Azra's out there. I, I want to bring Duskmantle Guildmage and the Petitioners back to their, their former glory. Uh, when we've done CPDH as a playgroup, um, the, the Guildmage has won, and I'm still riding that victory like I've been for the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. the, the whole get, yeah. get four petitioners on the board and just start milling is uh absolutely incredible so those are probably my my two favorite and then honestly i really liked when we went on the the pdh pod stream or i guess uh brad stream and we were playing i think it was tour wowki and i was running the Ortsov um 40k uh commander that i think uh, it's indestructible when it attacks that was one of my favorite games as well so yeah, all the streams that we've been on, I mean, it, they've all been Brad streams, but the few times we've been on there is, has always been a great time. Yeah. Well, similar to the Hex Drinkers, this is it for a bit, but we'll be around. We still love PDH. We're still going to be engaged in the community. Now that we have all this free time, we can, you know, do guest slots and guest streams and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. so, so now I'm just going to, I'm going to pimp myself out. Listen, I can have my uh, secretary get in touch with y'all secretaries. All right, Jeff. This is it. Goodbye. That's it. It's over. See ya. Bye. (laughs) And thanks for all the fish.